In this episode, Lena Loyberg, VP of Finance at Melio, talks about building finance from scratch in a hyper-growth scale-up, explains what it's like to raise funding four times in only 18 months, and underlines why automation is critical for any high-performing finance team. Hi, I'm Ross, and this is the CFO Playbook, where each week you'll get insights from world-class financial leaders to help you grow your company, yourself, and face the challenges required of today's CFO. So Lena, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. Lena, I'd love to start by you know exploring what your experience has been like at, uh, at Melio because you joined two years ago. Uh, obviously, go, you've gone through an incredible period of growth, first of all, leading as the head of finance for a year or so, and then now more um, you've been you know moved into the position of VP of finance there. And it's been a tumultuous time for the world. It's been an incredible period of growth for your company and you've gone through fundraising round after fundraising round, which for, for a finance leader is particularly challenging and exciting. Can you talk a little bit about your experience, uh, Emilio, so far and how you've actually approached that challenge of, of building finance in such a challenging environment? So as you said, I've been in Emilio for almost two years, more accurately, two years uh, minus a quarter. <laughs> and each quarter in Emilio is like a full uh, lifetime in a regular company. So I joined Emilio and I had a very clear um, vision of what I'm going to do if my, and my plan because I was supposed to be the first uh, finance uh, persona in uh, a company and start organizing, start bringing um, the finance in-house because until then it was all outsourced. You need to bring the company from a startup mode to a more organized uh, company mode, which is really natural in all startups and in every company. So you have this plan of what you're going to do, what kind of procedures you need to implement in the company, what will be the most efficient, what will be, what, what is most needed in a company. So uh, you come with the experience from previous companies mm-hmm. and then you know what you're going to do. But uh, reality aside and uh, plans aside, um, what really happened is I started in Milio and maybe a few weeks later, COVID um, started in Israel and I had to work from my home. And maybe a week later, Milio got into its uh, round B fundraising. So basically, I found myself in a company. I worked, I think, maybe a month in Milio. And we started uh, the process of uh, round B, which is really crazy for, for the finance leader because you start to knowing the company, you start understanding, you start uh, getting familiar with the numbers, with the trends, with the product, uh, with the data sources, with what, 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 are you, what am, am I dealing with? And also the COVID kind of, you need to switch and work from your home and switch your environment. So it was a change into a change and then fundraising and you need to supply answers and you need to go through a finance due diligence basically on a company you're still not familiar with so I really thought I'm gonna do A and (laughs) perhaps the opposite happened but it was I think the most challenging thing that could have happened to me or perhaps the most challenging thing that will happen to me in my whole career so you need to think and rethink how you're gonna do it 
So you obviously work extremely hard. You try to get people around you to be the most engaged they can. Okay, guys, now we have this schedule. I need everybody to be on board, to be aligned. Let's be together um, on this mission. So like, you need to make sure that everybody is fully engaged. And also the full environment should be fully supportive and understand that now there is a big thing going on. And you need to really do your best and think outside the box because in a startup, you don't come open your computer and press a key and then you see all the metrics. Like (laughs) nobody has built it yet. Everything is outdoors on a cloud. You haven't implemented any tool yet. So you really need to think how you organize everything from scratch and how you're going to win this super big, great, important task with the people you got. And uh, I have to say it went really well. And this was the beginning, (laughs) like, uh, welcome to Milio. And then you breathe and you start thinking, okay, what I wanted to do, (laughs) what was my original plan? I need to start building a team. I need to start building the procedures. I need to start um, talking to people in the company, understand where it hurts them the most, where I can help the most. And then another round. So basically, um, I think it's unheard of or almost unheard of, but in the year and a half, um, year and 10, I work in Milio, we had four fundraising rounds. Um, so it's like in the beginning it was each quarter. So it's really good news, but for finance, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of work. So between one fundraising round to another, I tried to do as much generic finance or to stick to the original plan as much as I could. So I started hiring people and hiring a team that will build the the foundations for the finance department. Um, and basically from round to round, I, I dealt with like things I wanted to do in the beginning. Um, and then like reality hit my face. Yeah, crazy journey. Crazy, but super interesting. So we're very grateful for being like in the company and having this journey with the company. And uh, the whole world is crazy. The COVID, like everything was, it's not only Milio was in this super hyper growth situation, but COVID. So for finance, we don't know, like uh, we used to doing forecasts in certain way, but hey, the history is not even forecasting the um, the future right now. So a very interesting environment to be in, especially for finance. So it's super exciting and also not an easy situation, but I'm, I'm feeling very grateful for that. There's so many aspects to actually go deeper on in your answer there. Like, so first, first of all, you mentioned as well that typically finance is all about clarity and accuracy or at least striving for that and, and providing within companies a source of truth. Because if you want one person, one team you can trust within a company, it's finance. But in that period where all of the trends of the past are no longer the trends of the future and it's, you can't just extrapolate things, how did you approach that like because you couldn't have the clarity and the accuracy you would normally have so you almost had to let go Um, so how did you approach that problem well it's true that for forecasting for example and maybe for budget plans for the next year which is something i really am into right now in these days like maybe all finance departments in the world so we look in the past and the past should be kind of starting point for the future 
But then um, a lot of new trends can happen. The dollar rate can change. Um, the COVID can change. So you try to read, um, I don't know, Bank of Israel forecast for the dollar rate, for example. You try to go into some formal forecast of some formal institutions. You try to think also with analyst help um, which of our inputs might change. Because, for example, we are a B2B company. So B2B company for digital payments COVID is good for us, right? Because we are enabling people paying digitally instead of paying by checks. So we allow them not actually going outside their house and going through all these uh, all their vendors and collecting checks and paying the checks. So this should be a good sign. But then on the other hand, perhaps some of the small businesses which we are aiming to help to are going to shut down, unfortunately, because of COVID. So you have trends that are offsetting and you need to kind of guess, but give your best, best estimate, which depends on um, a lot of factors that you should put into the calculation. And what will take, what, what will be stronger? If it's the good, um, the good signs, the bad signs, or maybe the bad signs and actually will be good ones. So, Every year in every company, um, forecasting is something that brings a lot of estimations into it. But you go and you talk to your leaders, you talk to the um, department's VPs. You try to go into their plans, their heads, how they're planning to the year. And you try to take several approach. You both bottom up and also um, top down to understand where are we aiming. But then reality is much stronger than all of us and all numbers. So you hope to get, to get better and better in the forecasting. And there is one source of truth, which is um, money in the bank. This is for sure. If you have money, nobody can debate on that. If you have $1 in the bank, you know it's, you know it's a fact. Besides of that, <laughs> yeah, a lot of forecasting now. And uh, it's kind of interesting because you need to read a lot. You need to open your mind. You need to understand the market. You need to see what others do. You need to see if some kind of trends will affect your product, even if it's not direct. Like I said, like the COVID, closing business, less TPV. But then on the other hand, our business is really more digital. So it's good. So you need to like really think um, whatever can uh, impact your business. On that point, you you mentioned about the digitization of payments, and that's is a really fascinating topic because, of course, Milio is is all about digitization of payments and providing that service to companies. But at the same time, you're and you're doing that in the midst of a pandemic where there's a greater digital transformation than perhaps any time in our lifetime, or perhaps even for even longer than that. But then you've got a unique perspective because you're also a finance leader at a company like that. So do you play like a, a role that goes beyond the typical finance leader role? Because ultimately your your target customer is you. Well, that's a great and very fascinating question because when I just started Melio in the few weeks I had in the office before I, I had to work from my home, my mind was blowing away. Like seriously, I couldn't stop and like every hallway talk I heard, I wanted to just jump in and listen what everybody's talking about because everything is finance. 
So it's finance all over the place. And even the developers, they're talking about some kind of feature. Okay, finance, I want to go in. Um, product people, finance. Like everybody's talking finance. So I'm like, ooh, I, it, it, it was so interesting for me. But your mind is the, like getting full of a lot of information, which is really not related to the core finance generic role you have in your mind. And I never had experience in really a fintech company come from the gaming industry and before that I was working in Mobileye so it's all was very big companies and a lot of hundreds of employees and well-known companies but um, fintech I didn't have an experience so I didn't even know what to expect and then you come to a company where as you said you can be you are the client you can be a potential client and you are from the finance and I'm also a potential product manager in the company because you have so many initiatives um, which relate directly to the product. So really, this is something that me and my team are so excited about um, because we try and we do invest our time in the product of Medium. So it's really interesting. And like we also use Milio as finance people and we and we think about Milio as a product and how we can uh, increase our revenues or increase our use cases. Um, but then there's also a question, what kind of businesses Milio is aiming for? Okay, because Milio, when I started, we were about 50 employees. We are currently above 400 so it's not the same type of company and it's not the same type of products. But do we want to be um, used by all kinds of firms? Where am I aiming for? And this is like a really big question that the company is dealing with. So it's really interesting. It was like a really um, interesting journey. And as finance people, we have also meetings with the product on a weekly basis. Um, like we are not aside, we're really in the core business of the company. And this is like, it is really wonderful. Like I really come, I love coming to work and I see also my employees that they, I said in their interviews that, that uh, it's a fintech company. It's going to be so interesting. You are part of the product. You are in the heart of the company. And then each and every employee of my department, after they start working and it's been a while, they, uh, they always tell to me, Lena, it's like you said, it is so interesting. Wow. Like, cause you, 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 you know what you're used to, but it's really something different. And I guess that the face that Milio is uh, running and super fast grow, hyper growth. I don't know, like put all these words together, pace of uh, growing in Milio. So everything together puts us like in a really exciting position. Mm-hmm. As you describe that growth and you, I, I love the idea of you and the, and the rest of the team being like half product managers, you know, for like uh, part-time product managers, part-time uh, finance department. There's almost a tension in there as well, though, because you've got this incredible growth in the market, which has led to you going after fundraising round after fundraising round. But then, of course, fundraising rounds are incredibly time consuming for finance teams in particular. So it means you can spend less time building finance for scale and less time contributing to the product roadmap because you're busy trying to convince investors to invest. So how did you manage that tension between basically manage the fundraising and build the business? So uh, I have these dreams about 
oh my God, we can do this and that and that. But like, sometimes you need to centralize and understand that you cannot be the whole, everything that got to do with finance because there's so many things that you can do. So you need to be focused on the company's mission and understand the company's needs and goals. So basically, um, we don't go everybody to the same meetings. We don't waste time by doing the same thing. And we have the correct people in the correct positions, such as QA, product developers, um, that they can do the right thing with our thoughts. So our job is to get the thoughts out loud to, of course, if there is a certain bug, then to, uh, to inform about it in this tool that we are using in the company. Um, so we need to just like make sure that the right person gets the right information on time. And from that, I trust Milio's employees that we will know what to do and it will get to the right ears on time and they will take it from there. Because it, it can be really overwhelming. And fundraising, well, we already are pros. <laughs> it's like, it, it, I will knock on the wood, but the fundraising processes, it goes very smoothly. Almost, uh, it feels like I'm preparing quarterly uh, reports. <laughs> like So it's a quarterly fun- fundraising. Yeah, like in the first time, it, it was scary and was like, wow, where do you even approach it? But since then, we have a lot of tools, a lot of automations. Uh, we control on data. Everything is in-house. We have a lot of team. We do analysis. We do a monthly procedures. So everything is already, like, in place. There is nothing that is a surprise or you need to uh, especially prepare for the fundraise. We already are, we, we, like, we, we were born prepared. Like, this is how I feel right now, and it's a great position to be at. And you, you touch on the the fact you're more prepared in part because of that automation and, and, and Melio just likes all though they're tapping into this trend in, in increasing automation, the digitization of payments, and then the greater use of technology within finance department across all companies of all shapes and sizes. So, so are there are there any particular automations that you would highlight that you and your team use that you find incredibly valuable that has allowed you to free up your time and, and do more with the team that you have? So I think automations is probably the key for efficiency and for having more time to deal with, I don't know, strategic thoughts and anal- uh, like real interesting analytics of the business and going deep diving into some interesting uh, inputs and numbers. Um, and having really time to do bigger things. So currently my team is involved uh, in three big automations, which is taking us so much time and effort, really. But I really believe that it will be in, it will enable us to start 2022 with such a um, great starting point. So the first and I think the most important one is a bookkeeping system. So when I just started, I didn't even have the bookkeeping software in my computer. As I mentioned before, it was uh, only outsourced team. It was uh, on their computer. I didn't. I couldn't even log in into some kind of web portal or something like to drill down in the numbers. It was very vague somewhere. I, I, like <laughs> I, I didn't even have a way to approach our, our books. And then uh, we started using um, bookkeeping softwares. Uh, once we brought the finance in-house, 
But uh, as we are an international company with two entities, one Israeli and one uh, US-based, then we had two different, two separate uh, bookkeeping systems, softwares. Um, so the books were not even consolidated by a click. Like you, you have the books in two separate softwares, but then you do the consolidation in Excel. So you cannot have a view of the high-level um, position of the company because it's two separate places. So now we are going into an automation with NetSuite, which is a well-known uh, soft bookkeeping software, fully ERP system that will also help us looking on the position on a consolidated basis uh, to manage the cash, to look on your cash flow, basically should give us the opportunity to almost not deal with Excel. I'm saying almost because I don't think that finance can really be without an Excel in a hundred percent, even if we like, like something will be in Excel in the end. But for example, if an employee starts employment in Milio, our HR system is fully integrated to this uh, NetSuite, okay, to our system. And then we can see the department of the employee on an automatic basis. It's also automated with the payroll system. Like it's all in one place. It's a full workflow that is fully integrated and also determination. Like everything is like in one flow, which is so easier. So first and like really important is uh, our integration uh, which will be uh, launched in January and will make my life also much easier. Um, the other thing is um, in my budget sub-department. So we are uh, implementing an FP&A tool, um, a young company called Pigment, France-based. Um, they're kind of similar to Milio in a lot of ways, and I like it. What they are doing is actually um, enabling companies to build the budget also in a tool. It's web. You can log in and you see all of your data. You see the budget. You see the forecast. We are aiming to even build the 2022 uh, budget in Pigment. So instead of having separate Excels that we need to send to several departments and everybody will insert their needs and their thoughts and their plans. And then you need to aggregate this. And then there's a ping pong. And then you don't remember which version and how do I consolidate all of that? And so many data points. It's crazy. Like, it's really crazy. So we are now focusing um, at building the budget in a tool instead of an Excel which is be also integrated to NetSuite. So it's, it, we, we won't have any tool that's not integrated to all the rest. So it's all like a one circle. And for example, if you're a budget owner, you lead a certain department, you will be able to build a dashboard inside this tool, which will enable you in a really easy way to quickly see the trends, the comparison between the actuals and the budget, how we forecast based on the actuals so far. And this is really customized for each department. Like, like the basis of the data is one for everybody. And each department takes the relevant things for them. So it's really like uh, the future is here. <laughs> So um, a, a lot of focus on that because people, they, they want data. A lot of uh, departments, they want to know where they at, how much budget do I got left? 
uh, where am I comparing to the actual, uh, comparing, sorry, to the budget? What is the situation? And sometimes for us to give the, the answer, it takes us too much time because it's a lot of data drill down and we have a lot of requests. And, you know, people really need to want to know, like, uh, where they at. And if you want to be a good business partner and take the company together with all of the owners towards uh, the goals and needs. So us uh, providing the data in such a real-time way, it's really great. It is a lot of time investing in implementation and building and modeling. And um, it's something that uh, you need to invest now. But in the future, I really believe that uh, it will be a whole other story. Yeah, so this is like two really big uh, processes we are currently at. And uh, one last uh, baby (laughs) we have is uh, automating the reconciliation. So reconciliation in a fintech company is super important and something that we are on control uh, like on a daily basis. Um, And we had more than $1 billion of TPV like a few months ago. So you can imagine how much data it is and uh, how much transactions it's about. And we really are um, into uh, automating this process. Um, We are developing an internal tool, which will help us with automating the most time-consuming procedures. For example, uh, APIs with the banks, and you know, like really to take the process from A to Z and to understand where um, big data is being a barrier for us and where we can really take it to the next level. So this is something we are doing internally with a full team, and it's really exciting for us. Really interesting also, and also unique for a fintech company. So um, all all of this ahead, like it's not boring, that is for sure. No, there's a huge, huge investment of time, but you can you can see and you can hear the the value that that is going to bring to your team, but not even just your team, actually, right across the the company within Melio. And Lena, time allowing, I'd love to ask you about one more topic that I know is like that Melio actually stands out in some of what you're doing, and and it's, it's around the hiring, and in particular around hiring uh, and diversity. So you've had to build your team. You started off as you know number one finance hire and you've built the team as you said to 11 people and so a big part of what you've been doing is trying to find the right people with the right characteristics to build stuff from scratch in a very hyper growth challenging environment but the second aspect of what of what Melio has done is that um, in, a, in a move recently, which and, and you were one of the three, Melio announced three new female VPs as part of a move that we're supporting gender parity in management, which is which is very forward thinking, uh, and and it, we're seeing more and more. And I wonder actually if you, when you're thinking about building finance and your teams, also consider diversity as as a as a factor um, in trying to create diverse teams across um, within the finance function. Because, again, that's one of seemingly Melio's core values and objectives as a company. Well, I got to say that from the beginning when I uh, was joining Melio, I was interviewed by three founders. Three of them were men. And they interviewed so many people for my role. And I was chosen. And I know I was chosen for my capabilities and not because of like this diversity of uh, hiring uh, plan. And one thing led to another. When I had 10 finance employees, 
nine of them were female, okay? But they were, they were female, not because of me aiming for something, just because from everybody I interviewed, well, by chance or not by chance, <laughs> women were uh, the best. And since I've been working in media, I, each each month I've been looking at some statistics. It's like kind of nice payroll uh, input, uh, output, sorry. And we are about 50-50 in whole media, 50% uh, female and 50% men. So I really like seeing it. And a very unique case that we had is the head of our global talent acquisition. So she was hired at her 38 weeks of pregnant. So basically she was hired and went to maternity leave. And this was something that I was not involved in the process, but it was so great to see that not only female is not something that, uh, you know, um, or not getting birth or that that been thinking that, okay, she's going to be a young mom. She's not going to invest in work. No, in 38 weeks of pregnant, uh, we hired a kind of senior role. So, like I really believe that Milio is looking on the people themselves and our culture is really important. I, I love seeing it. I love seeing it. And the uh, leadership is mostly women. I love working with women. <laughs> and, I, I, and I won't characterize myself as a, as a big feminist, but I do think that Milio as a company, you know, it's the nature. It's not that somebody been enforcing this hiring agenda. The nature of the people is great. And and the nature, like the real genuine beliefs and needs. And like for me, I didn't want, it, it wasn't my plan to hire like a, a only women department, but this is really what was the best for me. I, I really love it though. Like the outcome, the outcome is great. And I think that those those examples that you gave and even Milio achieving that, you know, parity of gender across a 400 person team that's now global is really impressive. It's, it's a really impressive example that hopefully more companies can follow. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, no, and nobody asked us to do this. And this is what is great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and Lena, as we are wrapping up, I, I'd love to finish by asking if you had to offer advice to any aspiring VPs of finance or aspiring CFOs that are slightly early in their career but are looking to develop the skill set to, to, be, to be effective and successful in the role, what advice would you offer them? I think my biggest advice is to be patient and to understand the position of the company you started. Because if I was focused on my initial plan, when I started in Milio, I must have been frustrated all day long because this is, was not my plan and this is, was not what I, I was hired to do. So you need to understand that life is flexible and that companies are not in the situation you wish them to be. And things takes time. Processes takes time. Education takes time. So it's not that even if you have the full agreement that something should go in a certain way, 
It takes time to take people from a certain uh, way of behavior, I'll say, or um, attitude or vibe uh, to something different. And for us being there, like you need people like to be with you in this process and not be against. So I would say patience and understanding that uh, leading procedures and leading changes and um making processes it's something that takes time so you need to understand the position that the company you are joining is at if it's a small startup you cannot expect them to be in the same uh, manner of behavior or procedures uh, like a company that has been there for five years or you know like you need to adjust yourself and be patient uh, towards the goals and uh, understand that life is flexible uh so aim to something but understand it will take maybe more time than you thought to get there i think that's very sound advice for anyone in that position that's listening uh lena um thank you so much for joining us today um there there've been some it's been brilliant to hear your experience particularly at Melio and, and some of the the war stories of the last 2 years for any of our listeners that um that would like to go and connect with you online where's the best place for them to do that on linkedin I can provide them my LinkedIn profile if you want and yeah we'll have the link on the on the show okay um, we'll do that um, okay Lena, thank thank you very much um it's been a pleasure thank you Ross one last thing if you have a question you'd love to ask a guest visit cfoplaybook.fm and submit your question there this show is brought to you by Soldo the brighter way to manage business spending and expenses. With Soldo, you can control every expense, track spend in real time, automate financial reporting, and then use those insights to fuel growth. Learn more at soldo.com. <laughs>